I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And today we are in the very haunted Fitzpatrick Hotel. Boogity boogity. Boogity boogity with all the ghosties that um, tormented Chris last night. Um, if you are a para junkie over on our Patreon, we went live uh, while we were investigating the hotel and. It was disturbing, <laughs> to say it the all, least. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was odd. It was yes. Odd. <laughs> uh, but we are actually here today with Brittany, who is the Director of Operations of, P- of the Fitzpatrick. Um, so I'm going to let you introduce yourself first. But Yeah, so hey, everybody. I'm Brittany Buttry. I'm the Director of Fitzpatrick Industries. Um, we're a conglomerate of businesses that operate out of this property. Um, so we, we run the Fitz, which is this business, Maddie's Public House, which is our restaurant bar operation. We have a catering company. We do a lot of like weddings and private events and stuff here. The hotel lends itself well to that. Um, and then, um, we also have an entertainment company where my husband, who's a professional musician, books, uh, two bands here a week and then bands for other private clients in town. Um, as well as we run, uh, a small business pipeline called Washington Wilkes Makers Market oh, nice. um, that helps to give, it's a business incubator, so it helps to give people who are running, creatives who are running small businesses from their home, an opportunity to set up in a retail space um, four times a year in hopes that we can grow them into uh, a storefront one day in our downtown corridor. And we've been successful um with it a few times already so That's awesome. um yeah so uh we've got a lot going on and That's- a and a 18 week old baby <laughs> oh my gosh look you <laughs> just piled it all on that plate exactly. absolutely. That's, that's my style so. <laughs> absolutely Yes, so we uh, we wanted to bring Brittany on um, to talk about, you know, the history of the hotel and also all the spooky, spooky stuff that happens in here. Um, Brittany, how about let's start out with one of your favorite rooms. What Do you have one in particular? Right, so, I mean, you know, we there are 17 rooms here at the hotel, and they're all unique. Um, the hotel has obviously been around for nearly 130 years, has always been a hotel, Um It was dormant for about 50 years, um, and it got in some pretty derelict condition. Uh, The rooms are all different. I have loved different ones for different reasons. Um, 201 is our suite. It's a beautiful suite. Um, It's where we host uh, brides at, so I have a lot of great memories in that room. Um, I love 301, the room right above the suite. It's the one that makes me feel the most at home. Um, and then when I stay here, if I have to stay overnight for any reason, I usually stay in room 200, um, which is right here by the ballroom and was the children's room um, when the Fitzpatrick family lived here. Uh, so it's, I mean, it's, it's got a lot of, a lot of good, good stories too. But I like that room. Ooh, the children. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> children ghosts freak me out a little bit. I love them. Don't mind. Uh, don't, 
don't uh, sure. read into that too much. But, you know, it's... Uh, they're persistent. They're persistent. And not always considerate. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, so our, our children ghosts, I really like to think of them as kind of just mischievous and fun, right? Sure. So um, people, we have some people who identify a male here, but the most we interact with are two young females. The two young females that are, I presume are the ones that died in room 200. They were both children of Thomas Fitzpatrick, the man who built the hotel. Um, and we have fun with them. They have fun with our guests. Um, they have fun in the rooms, especially the ballroom. Uh, mm. They get a lot of, they have a lot of fun in here. Um, anyway. How do kids, they pass? So one of them died of scarlet fever, uh, um, which was pretty common. Pretty common. So yeah. the Fitz family had a ton of kids, right? Um, and they kind of put them all in room 200. Um, that's where they lived. They all shared a room. Um, and the other one fell down the stairs. There's a really steep staircase between the room 307, um, where I think you're staying, right. and 205, the room below it, that wooden staircase. And she, I guess she like broke her neck or injured herself to the point that she did succumb to her injuries in room 200. So both the girls were under four when they died. Mm. So it wouldn't be a haunted hotel without like two dead little girls, right? right. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> You know? Check that off the list. Right. Yeah. Every haunted hotel must have two dead children. Um, it's a requirement. Preferably now. of a and similar age. And if they could age. speak in, uh, in unison, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to put that on the order. Somebody on uh, one of our para junkies, I don't know who it was, but somebody said that the hotel reminded them of The Shining. But, you know, that's funny. So Casey and I, are, I'm from Athens, Georgia, but we lived in Atlanta. We um, lived and worked there for a while. We decided we wanted to leave the city. Um, and we just sort of like opened ourselves up to opportunities, um, had some bad stuff happen in Atlanta. We're just ready to move on, right? Sure. Um, and we had the opportunity to invest ourselves in this space and build the restaurant and stuff. And we got, we moved here and we were like getting settled and we were like, this is the beginning of our horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Like young couple. <laughs> take over the haunted hotel. Yeah. And <laughs> like, you know, good spirited come to like take over hotel now. People are like, do you guys live here? And I'm like, hell no. No. <laughs> like, why would we live in the hotel? Like, I don't want my life ruined, you know, like, um, or I don't want to be, become possessed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we, but so she says, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, it's, um, it's interesting though, that you say that one of the girls died by falling down the stairs because mm -hmm. we had a very strange incident happen last night <laughs> where we, um, JT Debris and I were all sharing a room down on the main floor and we had just wrapped up doing our live stream mm -hmm. and we're all like turning down at the end of the night and we hear the loudest thud come down the stairs and we thought Chris was still out wandering around mm -hmm. looking for ghosts and stuff. And so JT literally is like, if Chris doesn't respond in three minutes, I'm going out there and I'm going to get him. You know, it's because um, we thought he fell down the stairs. It was like thunderous yes. noise. Yes. And so I'm wondering. Sure. JT corrected me three seconds. Yeah, was, uh, he was much more concerned. Want to make sure Chris is super dead when we go out there. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to walk up on him and have him suffer. I'd like him to be Awkward. just good and dead. So right. So if you were a kid in a hotel, right? Yeah. So and there was a grand staircase or multiple grand staircases, it would definitely be a place you would play. Absolutely. So you know, we get a ton of feedback from people about um, kids or hearing little footsteps run up and down the stairs. So probably the one of the most uh, jarring experiences I've had here personally as a skeptic was one day 
when we first took the hotel over, um, we've, we've increased the occupancy rate a lot over the past few years, just promoting it and being available and trying to let people have good experiences here of different kinds. Um, there was a nurse staying here. We have a lot of business persons during the week. She came downstairs and said to me, um, this is long before we had a child or even thought about having a child. Um, she came downstairs and said to me, I heard your little girl playing on the stairs and in the ballroom wow. this morning. And I was like, oh, that's cute. But I don't have any kids and it's just me and you here right now. Like Good. everyone else is gone for the day. And she was like, no, no, no. It was like a little girl. I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Sounds about right. But mm-hmm. just me and you, sister. So. <laughs> well, it's funny in the, in the ballroom, I personally saw like what looked like more of a woman standing okay. over by this mirror we get that too yeah that's that that was kind of just like okay you know that makes sense because Mm -hmm. especially um the way this room is set up there's two mirrors facing each other which is you know perfect way to attract a spirit or let something in um some of our local uh paranormal enthusiasts um and like I, like I said, we we like to consider ourselves parapositive here. I love like, that. please bring it on, do your thing, come, you know, uh, have fun here. Um, so this room, of course, with the two mirrors, that that mirror has a gunshot in it. Is that what that is? Yeah. So okay. At one time, when the hotel was derelict, this room was filled with pigeons, and they would let little boys. They would once a year they pay little boys to come in here, like I don't know, a dime a pigeon, and shoot pigeons. So that's birdshot. Um, and which is funny, uh, no duel, just birdshot, yeah. but the, I've been told before that the gunshot helps to alleviate just that break, alleviate some of the vortex. Mm-hmm. But oh yes, I, oh, absolutely. It does. So that's, I guess that's good because mirror vortexes are not always good. Yeah. Right. Well, right. a broken it, plane, you know, uh, normally we would say never break a mirror, yeah. but in, in, in instances of that kind of vortex behavior. It if is. you are inclined to believe these things, yeah, exactly. that is, that yeah. is, you know, how you interrupt yeah. uh, a dangerous vortex. Although oh. in 307, you've got uh, like the ultimate <laughs> vortex going on in there, um, which is the room Chris is staying yeah. in, by the way, if you haven't picked that one up. Um, yeah, he's got like three mirrors um, mm. f- just surrounding the bed. Yep. Yeah, just crowding me in. They triangulate around the yeah, bed, exactly. yeah. That's always good. Well um. done, well done. <laughs> so what, what was the design thought process So to be honest that? with you, we have never changed the, the setup of that room. So when oh. we took the hotel over, it came with... Um, when our investor bought the hotel, it came with a ton of furniture. We've added a couple of things here and there and taken some things out. But... Um, we've rearranged a lot of rooms to feel more homey to us, but 307 is a room that we have never rearranged. So we just left it that way because I felt like the first time I went in there, I felt like this is creepy and this is what this room is supposed to feel like. It's it's solid. It's a solidly creepy room. When you walk in, you instantly get like, it almost feels like, you know, the air just And I think that we've had enough paranormal um, uh, pursuits in that room that I wouldn't doubt it if other people before you had had set it up for success, if you will. Sure. People who are knowledgeable. Yeah. um, The Ghost Brothers. Yes. uh, Did an episode here. Prior to us us being here, they came and did what I would consider to to be a comedy piece here. (laughs) Well, I I really enjoyed the Ghost Brothers because they use comedy to offset their Uh, their nerves. But um, apparently one of the brothers did Bloody Mary in my room in the mirrors. And I'm like... (laughs) Is it the, why? Are, why is that's not even a part of this? Is it the I, vanity mirror? Yeah. 
<laughs> and you want me to be sit on that? Oh my God. <laughs> or have- actually, actually, it might be the dresser mirror. Okay. Okay. Because I, I haven't seen it, but I think I, I saw a picture and it looked like he was standing in front of the, okay. um, the, don't do the that. scariest sounding mirror because yeah. it, I have to constantly adjust it and but, it, yeah. it just makes that. The one, the one when you walk into the room that's right across there. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Yeah. And it's, and it's nice and like mercury cloudy too. So it oh, yeah. gives extra. So it gives like, you, a, yeah, your eyes are just like, I see this. I yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're having a romper room moment. <laughs> I see Timmy <laughs> and I see Johnny. The, um, but it was just like the second that we got in there, it was, or like the second you got in there, weird things started happening yeah. um, with the lights. Uh, we had to... Oh, right. I had to replace two light bulbs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because one was just flickering. Right like, on. Like, yeah. And then the bathroom one was flickering. And then the one right next to my bed just blew, just went out. So with a hotel with full of chandeliers, this all the, the light fixtures are reproductions from the original light fixtures, um, which would have been gas. But there are thousands of light bulbs here. Um, and I think that we probably go through a lot more light bulbs than your regular. <laughs> would, well, it was, it was odd because they were all fine when I first got here. Yeah. And they're, the, they're not, uh, they're the LED yeah. light bulbs. So yeah. you don't expect them, A, to flicker like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the one next to the door, the lamp, uh, when we turned off the lamp, it would stay on for a second flickering. Yeah. And then it's just like, no, oh, okay. I get a lot of the TVs do that too. So that's <laughs> always fun. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> The, um, yeah, it, it was just weird, though, because JT was trying, he's like, well, maybe, you know, it got untwisted a little bit, let's let's try to fix it, nothing, literally nothing, and the poor kid that came up oh, with yeah, you. I'm sorry about that, because um, <laughs> I, I may have just spooked him. <laughs> oh, one of our staff? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because. A young um, man, curly hair? Yes. yes. He's precious. Yes, oh, yeah. he was, he was very. Yes. He was very sweet, but I think I was, uh, and I was not trying to be creepy about it, but. But it was a creepy thing. Because he knows all the stories. He, he turned, yeah. 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 He turned it on and it was just like, uh, <laughs> all right. Because you don't expect it. Yeah. You know, these lights are not, they're not filaments. Yeah. So that it doesn't make sense that there's like yeah. a, a loose thing. They should just kind of dim brown out. Right. I, I, at least I'm not used to. Uh, they're either, they either work or they don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. But Our crew's pretty used to that. You know, we have a 25 person crew here that helps us with all the things that we do. Um, and uh, either either you work here and you're a skeptic or you work, obviously you're a believer, um, but everybody has their own sort of um, stories to tell. Um, and we're here at late night a lot. Um, we're here, I feel like, and maybe this is just because the traffic of people um, is increased when we have events. Um, I don't know, I feel like it like shakes up things the energy sure. like oh, absolutely pumps yeah. them up yeah. we get a lot of reports a lot of stuff and then of course that's when our staff experiences the most stuff um is when they're you know the hotel's full we're having something we're partying late at night we've got some sort of celebration you know that's i feel like that they really get energized it makes sense well you know and a lot of times spirits need that energy that we give them which is why oftentimes we say like low energy low residual type entities they are more prone to try to scare you because they're trying to get that boost yeah. of yeah. you know right it, it it changes the the quality because like if you're you're constantly busy yeah. they're they're feeding off that energy yes and that gives them just a little more oomph to get around but when it's derelict they become hungry which is why you know? i think that all of our experiences that we t- the typically have, I mean, I'm not saying always, but the vast majority of the experiences people have here are positive. I feel like they're 
they're not as hungry as they used to be. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that they, especially the, the, the adult that we experience, the female, adult female that we experience, seems to be just happy somebody's taking care of it. Like, sure. I feel like that, I feel like that because we're stewards and we're good stewards of her permanent home, um, that she's just, she'll leave me alone because I like him like taking care of her place and bringing her a fun people to play with like you guys. Right. <laughs> right. And since it, it has always been a hotel, mm-hmm. you know, you haven't altered its purpose and you're fulfilling its purpose. Correct. You know, yeah. And that makes a, a huge, like if you came in and turned this place yeah. into offices or something like that. She, it, she feels at home. Been, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Um, yeah. Now the question is, um, when we did the SC's method for, and for those of you who are listening, who um, haven't, heard later episode earlier episodes I should say um where we've talked about the SC's method it's basically where you put one person in deprivation so you put a blindfold on you wear noise canceling headphones attached to a spirit box and bless the spirit box and that person is just listening for words coming through the spirit box while somebody else in the room is asking questions um so we like to do this a lot on investigations because you can find really, really interesting evidence um, through this particular method. And you don't find yourself looking for answers. Right. And because you, you show a person a fuzzy picture and you say there's a face, they're likely to see a face. Sure. If you have a bunch of sound going on and you ask a question, they're looking for the answer to the question. So by creating that deprivation, you're, you're reducing the chances that your imagination is uh, a part of that Naturally. factor. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and so when you get like direct answers to questions, what is your name? And they give you a name. That is a very interesting thing. And we got that last night. Are you yeah. kidding me? Oh, yeah. we did. Um, we got the name Elizabeth. Okay. Um, which, I mean, is a common name for yeah, the yeah. Victorian era. So, you know, um, but I wanted to see if that rung any bells with you. So, um, let's see. So, uh, yeah, the Pope family, um, obviously there are lots of Elizabeths in that family. They were, um, they were, uh, financiers and backers of the property. Um, and I'm not sure what, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what Thomas Fitzpatrick's, um, family member was that caused the incident in 307. Skeet probably could tell you what her name was. Mm. Um, so 307, the situation with that room is that, the Fitzpatrick has famous New Year's Eve parties. Every year we throw one. They love it. I guess they being like our permanent guests, sure. if you will. Um, the, so 307, um, she was a daughter of Thomas Fitzpatrick as an adult, caught her husband in that room with another woman um, during that New Year's Eve party. And she they had an altercation and she pushed that woman out of the window of 307. So the woman that got pushed out of the window, I don't, don't think she died. There, are, um, there are conflicting, conflicting stories, but yeah. I, be- I believe the skeet confirmed with me that she did not die. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so, but what the, what we feel is like the the woman who checks that room is 
or the woman who engages with that room the most is our most disgruntled ghost. So um, she probably, if you're a couple staying in that room, um, she's like checking on you, um, seeing what you're doing in there, maybe a little bit of a voyeur. I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. <laughs> it's fair. Um, it's a hotel after all. Right. But um, she, uh, anyway, so people just feel like a presence in there of someone. It's just sort of ominous, I guess. But um, Well, and that's, we, we often say this, you don't have to die to create a haunting. Sure. Uh, any spike of high emotional content, any time mm. that a person is going through a, like the the apex of their uh, emotional journey, uh, moments of trauma, moments of, of elation. Extreme you know, creativity. Extreme, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, what you're basically doing is you're putting into an environment yes. uh, basically uh, like a bookmark. An imprint. This is mm-hmm. what happened. And uh, under right circumstances, you can tap into that energy, which mm-hmm. also allows for other spirits like uh we talk about people getting attached walking around you just walking around a ghost be like i like you and just follow you around Mm -hmm. but if you go to a place that has an event like that Mm -hmm. where where there's energy that is just Mm -hmm. self-sustaining the spirit might disattach to be there so a lot of times (gasps) ghosts in buildings are not about the building at all. They don't mm. actually necessarily have anything to do with the actual building. I, I, you had a, a awe moment. <laughs> yeah. Like that other people, yes, other uh, disgruntled lovers could have attached themselves exactly. to that situation through the years. True. Right, right. Yeah, uh, the solidarity. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they like, I, I recognize this rage. I That's felt this great. Rage. Yeah, yeah, room of rage, of sexual yes. rage. Yes. Sexual, sexual rage. Fascinating. <laughs> well, and it's interesting too. Um, with that room in particular, because when we were doing the Essie's method, it was a little frustrating um, because there were so many things that were like pushing each other off the feed, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we asked how many spirits there were. Yeah, and it said and six. And it said six. Right there on. six right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And That's too many occupants in that room for our um, code. <laughs> yeah, so right. that is, that is against the, we should go up there right now and be and like, hey, them. listen. Occupancy code's three in here, guys, get out. And the yeah. parachunkies <laughs> were all like, Spread it out, spread it out, like a beautiful hotel. Right. Um, yeah, they had me sit on the vanity seat. Okay. And I was getting so annoyed with them um, because we usually put me in the Estes chamber, if you will. Um, for some reason, it'll they, they seem to come through a lot uh, just because I'm very sensitive. Okay. And so... Um, I was getting so irritated because one was some uh, something was touching my back the entire time. It kept feeling like three fingers stroking down my back. And there got to be a moment where I was like, can you stop? I was like, stop touching me or we're going to be done because yeah. this is too much. Yeah. Um, and then on top of it, you know, the it was like a conflicting a man coming through saying like don't trust her like when we after we got the name Elizabeth and mm. then there oh, yeah, there's a lot of don't trusts and um and 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 contradictory things as mm-hmm. if trying to keep us from either learning something or just vying for attention is right. because it definitely seemed like we were talking to multiple people if you were following the conversation it's fascinating it was like every now and then it would be like we're on a different train somebody else is trying to tell us something different when you and when a person experiences that kind of trauma like frequently the way that some people deal with that sort of thing is sharing it with others mm-hmm. right so if, if maybe the kinds of spirits that are attracted to 307 are those that want to share their like kind of lame story, you know? Well, you know, the, the con- concept of catharsis, because we talk about uh, releasing spirits all the time or, or how do you, you know, get a spirit to go to the light or things of that nature, mm-hmm. none of which we actually know 
concrete. We have a lot of ideas and a lot of belief systems around it, but it's very likely that it could just be the need to mm-hmm. have their story known, that have that pain that they carry yeah. released and let go. Yeah. We've had... Um, it might be a lesson for life. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Don't wait until you're dead. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> go talk to a therapist. Uh, yeah. somebody. <laughs> but, um, well, that was kind of the case for another spirit that we, not in this building, but uh-huh. um, a past investigation we did in our own uh, studio. Yeah. And we had a spirit named Celia, and that was, like, the consensus that we got out of it. Because, you know, um, the person who was doing the uh, the questioning and things like that, they were trying to get her to move over to the light or whatever. But I was like, I don't think that's what she wants. I think she wanted just somebody to sympathize with her. Um, because the space that we were in was an old train station okay and she was a slave and we believe from what we could tell is that she had been purchased in savannah and moved to missouri where the incident actually happened and we were picking up on the energy she had left behind is basically the consensus but yeah i'm like not all spirits want to move on and that's also a really important thing to note when you're going into an investigation because a lot of people go into it with this mindset of being heroic and being like, I'm going to free all the, the ghosts. And it's like, not all ghosts want to be freed. Yeah. You know, some, some like where they are or there's a reason why they're sticking around yeah. or sometimes it's a residual haunting and you're not going to get rid of that. But, you know, it's interesting to note that with this yeah, particular absolutely. hotel as well. Well, yeah, and... and- it's always interesting when you have a, a, a building that, that gets focal points and people have, have stories. Can you run us down just basically a list of, of the... Uh, greatest most, hits? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, greatest the, hits. the peaks of ghost stories yeah. that are uh-huh. told in this space. So, so sure. So the Room 200 is, is fun because the, it's sort of the, the anchor for the kids, right? So if you stay in Room 200, those two young girls that die in there, we get a lot of reports of people waking up with a sore throat in that room, which has kind of harkens back to scarlet fever we think um which was a lot like kind of like a really bad case of strep throat i guess i woke up with a sore throat this morning in 307 literally in 307 but it was literally like like oh no i've got covid and then it was gone like literally like like i had been stabbed in the throat the ghost of covid (laughs) yeah exactly well and it was just like huh that was um, weird because it woke me up. The, the pain in my throat woke me up. Like I had swallowed, you know, when you have a bit, very bad sore throat. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it literally just like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Not a fun way to wake up. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. So, and, you know, some other stuff we reported in, two, in 200. Um, we get a lot of, of course, like I said, running up and down the stairs, um, a lot of playing in the ballroom. If you were a child who lived in this hotel, there's no doubt that when this ballroom was empty, you would play in it. So Absolutely. that totally makes sense. Um, personal experiences that I've had as a super skeptic, I guess, um, you know, things that should not be moving, like being projected, not just like falling, but like being projected across a space. Um, so right outside the bridal suite, um, we like to keep fresh flowers around a lot when we can, um, uh, the flower arrangements, you know, came off the table, but very like, uh, with force, um, there, the kitchen crew reports, um, yeah, of course, a lot of, a lot of flickering of lights, a lot of like spinning of lids, 
um, just mischievous stuff kids would do, knocking books over, um, sort of stuff like that. We get a a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, And then we get um, some reports, of course, of electronics just being super naughty in the hotel. So some rooms that um, you can't get the TV off, like you have to unplug the television to get it to turn off. And even then, like it's a pain in the butt. And people feel like they hear noises coming from electronics, like residual buzzing and stuff like that in the hotel. Um, and then, um, other stuff, uh, someone's reported to me before that in 202, they felt like this, I heard this twice before for 202 that they felt like there was a cat on their bed. You know how you feel like when your kitty gets on the bed at night, like, um, so that's interesting. And then of course, for me, the most like, uh, like the, the most, uh, compelling thing about the hotel is that it is built on the original municipal graveyard for the community. Mm-hmm. So that's always a ringer, right? Absolutely. So, um, the, the, the city of Washington is a very, very old community. The first city in the nation to be named Washington after George Washington, um, had it been a settlement for quite some time before that. Um, our square is in its original location. The buildings are, were, are a little bit more spread out than they were back then. They were a little closer in. There wasn't as much of a municipal street and things like that so the original settlement was a french settlement predominantly fur traders trappers things of that nature um and they built a cemetery that really if if up here where we are um starts about the beginning of the ballroom um and it goes back to um the back of our where our dumpster is for the hotel so it's a pretty big space i would say it's about as long and wide as, as almost as long as a football field and maybe Maybe the same dimensions as a football field, sort of. Um, so the, this would have been the back of the building back then. And basically right outside the back door, a few tens of feet would have been the municipal cemetery because that's just the way that things worked. Um, so when they built the cemetery, they buried all kinds of people in it. So not just people that could afford to be built buried there like our current cemetery or who have reserved plots. I mean, everybody from probably from slaves to like uh, Revolutionary War folks would have been buried there. Um, so when they built the hotel, there was a fire um, in the, the latter half of the 19th century. After that, the Fitzpatrick brothers built the hotel um, from a destroyed West Square. And um, when they built it, they they you know they didn't bother moving the bodies. Um, it was just too much work. What they did was they took some of the notable tombstones names that people knew like I said that revolutionary war general that was buried here or whatever you know they right. took those tombstones and relocated people them who to would our, be missed yes right. exactly those that would be or yeah so they took those tombstones and moved them to our new cemetery which is lovely and it's called rest haven and there are lots of great stories about rest haven um, rest haven rest haven it's mm-hmm. great um we do actually do a ghost walk there a couple times a year it's a great um, name our, by I the way i want to take a moment to appreciate rest, rest haven. haven that is out of a book <laughs> that is purely we're going down to rest yes, haven exactly. Cemetery. Yeah, exactly. Um, So they moved their headstones there, but all the bodies are still below. So the the, our basement is like a traditional root cellar. Um, It is a dirt floor basement. So I always tell my kids when when I say kids, I mean like our high school kids that work here. We use that space for. You'll see when you go down there 
predominantly for storage. So like all of our Halloween decorations, all of our Christmas decorations, they're all down there in boxes, right? So when I send the kids down there to go get them, because I don't go down there, it's just like, um, I'm like, don't bleed on the floor or cry tears on the ground because it's... Well played. (laughs) So we get a lot of feedback from that. So um, we have had some sensitive people work here, um, a good number of them actually. Um, And they feel like, and this is interesting because you're talking about like feeding ghosts, right? Mm -hmm. Ones that are maybe not so hungry or not so aggressive um, or they're more kind. Well-fed ghosts. Right. So people trying to leave the basement feeling a pulling sensation. So when you're climbing out of the staircase that comes out of the basement, um, feeling like you're being like someone's pulling you uh, from, from coming out. They yeah. want you to stay, right? Yeah. So, so it's been a long time since uh, we, we brought up the attic ghost and the, uh, the, the basement, basement ghost. Um, I have a theory that uh, the reason why basements and attics are so haunted because they're not primarily where you live. Yeah. You don't live in the attic. Yeah. You don't live in the basement. So why are there spirits there? Is because of a recognition of their own death. They know they're dead. So uh, we spend our whole lives explaining that dead people belong in the ground. Okay. So the basement is a logical place for spirits to dwell mm. because they understand their position. Mm. Defiant spirits will go as far from the ground as possible and end up in the attic. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, they are trying to disprove yeah. or they, they're in denial of their yeah. death and they're running from where they are conditioned to know yeah. to go. So, yeah, the idea of the needy ghosts, the, the, the help me you know, ghosts are in the basement, the, you know, and they can be aggressive in their need, you mm. know, because they just want desperate. Yeah. You know, rest. They want that, that whatever it is, because in a lot of cases, it's just a question of not knowing, you know, could you imagine dying and then just not knowing what to do next? And you're just kind of hoping, mm. you know, there wasn't a light and you're like, supposed to do something. <laughs> and then somebody comes along and you're like, hey, do you know what, do you know, do Fascinating because, you, you know, 307 being like the highest point in the hotel, mm-hmm. um, you've got a lot of activity up right. there and then the basement the same. So the, um, another thing about our town is that the Confederacy was dissolved here, right. um, which it's a, a historical point of interest for sure. Um, but around that time during the war, um, the, the Civil War, um, there were a ton of tunnels dug underground. There's still a couple of entrances off Spring Street. Carla's got one behind her building. Maybe you guys will get to see it today. But um, behind the CPA office, there's one. That's good. Ooh. But there, um, the, t- the tunnels connected a few areas. So they connected um, some of the prominent homes here in the community that the tunnel is connected to their basements. Most all been filled in since then, but the Fitz basement was supposed to be connected as part of this, even though the Fitz basement is a post-Civil War construction. Um, and it was connected to a part of town called Gully Town. Gully Town is our historic African-American neighborhood. Sure. Um, so it would have been down here in our gully. It would have been some some... Uh, permanent homes, but a lot of like shanties and lean-tos. Um, so it was a, a highly populated area of people that s- served the downtown community. Um, is Gully some derivative of Gullah? Perhaps. Does it come from the, the not- Gullah? Because I, when you say it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting because mm-hmm. we're, we're away from the, uh, the line that, that defines Gully and Geechee. Yeah. Uh, Gullah and Geechee, excuse mm-hmm. me. So the Gullahs are South Carolinian mm-hmm. um, primarily South yep. Carolinian uh, slaves, and then the Geechee were primarily 
across the Savannah River. Yeah, we get the the Geechee. Yeah. Um, and and it's interesting to hear it because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I wonder if that has something to do with it. It may. I, it may. You know, we're pretty close. Because also, I guess gullies are valleys. Yeah. Or yeah. And Fort Washington Park, which is the um, the Revolutionary Fort that they they presume was. They don't know the exact location, but they presume it was down that way some way. It is it's sort of a, if you go down there, it's sort of a, there is a gully down yeah. there um, of the sort of like crowds around a creek, a, a moving, a pretty well moving creek. So um, maybe that's why people live back there, but that's interesting. It, yeah, we are kind of very near to the river. So yeah. hmm. Hmm. I know. Hmm. Worth, worth investigation. So Absolutely. another thing that we hear, um, there are, there are a good number of, um, uh, <laughs> There's a, a story of lost Confederate gold that mm-hmm. you yes. may have heard a lot about or seen mm-hmm. a lot about in this I community. I actually read Skeet's book yeah. on Washington, Georgia, because I was doing research the, on, on stolen Confederate gold. Sure. And that was the only, the only resource I could find at the time, because this was like early aughts, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. there's lots of stories, cause, and it's throughout the South. Yeah. Uh, Postmaster General steals, you know, gold bullion uh, from the Confederate and yep. the Confederate gold. As a matter of fact... Tickling my brain, I think there's there's a story going on right now, like uh, 2018 maybe, that the FBI found a cache of Confederate gold, uh, and now there's there's claims that they stole it. The oh, FBI, no. yeah, the, the FBI people who found it because they went into a cave, stating that they had located the gold that came out. They're like, nope, no gold here. Well, we'll be lost like, gold <laughs> if you find it, right? So exactly. let's just keep it lost. But <laughs> the there there are people. Uh, Treasure hunters, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, uh, like legit funded treasure hunters that come to the community to stay, and they stay at the hotel, of course, um, and uh, hunt on on Danburg Road, some of the older plantations and farms where there are wells, and they dig up wells and stuff and find mm-hmm. good stuff. Um, but yeah, so that that's always good. The gold being run through the tunnels and the blah 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 blah. Um, that group of the, the our most recent group of um, of treasure hunters uh, had a, a, a fascinating young sensitive with them, and she wanted to go in the basement a lot um, when she was here, and she reported like just sadness down mm-hmm. there, feeling just like just women just crying, oh. you know, like sadness, um, and that is that's you know disturbing. Um, I like to, because I spend so much time here, I like to think that everything's just, all of our ghosts are happy and knocking books over and spinning sure. pots and stuff. But um, yeah, that was pretty intense. So. Interesting. Story of sadness. Well, we'll let y'all know when we go down there. Yeah. Um, we'll, be, we, we'll be taking some some ventures into the, uh, into into the, the cellar. Basement. Mm-hmm. But yes. We're going to talk to Bria into going to the basement all by herself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Debrea's going to go down there, um, and she's going to wear a body cam um, so we can right. watch from above uh, what happens to her. It'll cool. be fun. Yeah. And then when, once you're down there, Debrea, you put a blindfold on. Yeah. <laughs> and then you spin three times, spit, and then um, also lay on the ground and draw a pentagram. There we go. That's yeah. how you do it. She's, she's, we, we've, we've been torturing Debrea. This is Debrea's like true first like intense investigation yeah. um, with us. So we have been messing with her. Oh, goodness. Including um, creating a spirit named Simon um, that lives under her bed to tickle her toes. So, you know. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now that's <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know. Debris over there going, she admitted that Simon isn't real. Yeah, you know, <laughs> even as a skeptic, I still sometimes jump from the door of my room to my bed, just in case. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, you don't want to be within arm's reach. Also, I want to talk to whoever designed the bed of 307. Why is it so far off the ground? There's enough room for a full-grown man to hide <laughs> under my bed. So this is not normal. That's not... Nobody should have beds that th- people can get under anymore. We've seen too many movies. We know too many things. Yeah. But that bed, there's, you know, a good yeah. foot and a half off Simon the ground. Simon has to have room, Chris. Simon has to have room to reach you. Some of our, some of our beds are, you know, going to be, like, original to the property or, or like, our, our time period appropriate. Mm-hmm. So, um, they... Uh, all beds back then would have been yeah pretty high off the ground and would have been pretty right. narrow. It's, it's and, another storage place. I understand. I yes. get it. But when you're doing a ghost hunt and you're sitting on the ground, and you look over and you're like, oh, hey. a full grown man can be under here. Great. Like, I should not be able to fit under your bed. That's mm-hmm. a, th- a rule of thumb. Chris, Chris Susie should not fit <laughs> under your bed. And your headboard should not look like a headstone. Yeah. Um, it, it looks like that. It looks like a giant, very ornate headstone. I'm like, great. So I'm lying in bed. Also, it's a very loud bed. Mm-hmm. So, like, even when I turn my head, it's like, back. okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, don't move, Chris. Yeah, what's wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> You're you got to be still if we're going to eat you. Old, old bed, yeah. Um, has lots of stories to tell, but yeah. yeah I, I'm I, sure it does. I say that I wish that the ballroom could tell, the walls could tell stories. You know, it's right. this, this property at, would have been the nicest hotel in town. There were four hotels when this hotel was built because Washington was like a big deal um, economically. Um, but this hotel would have been the property where if like, uh, let's say, you know, the governor or some, you know, dignitary were coming to town, they would stay at the Fitz. Um, so this, this room... W- would have seen a lot of like receptions of important people. So yeah, I think it's got good energy in here. So oh, yeah. we enjoy it. Absolutely. I mean, it is definitely one of those hotels that you feel the past with it. Oh yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um, which you see a lot with historic hotels that have especially kept the historic preservation part of it. Mm. Um, they uh, like y'all haven't have done a good job, like not, touching too much of it to become modern like obviously there's modern uh, amenities and mm-hmm. things like that but you know it's uh it's not one of those hotels where it's like oh it looks historic on the outside and then you come inside and it looks yeah. like you know every other hotel in america yeah. but lots of character in this hotel lots and, and lots of character and that too you know lends itself to to the idea of haunting is that energy if it moves in the same pattern is a comfortable thing that, mm. you know, uh, and, and a lot of people talk about like when they renovate houses, a lot of supernatural activity happens because you're changing the energy. Mm. You're changing the way the energy flowed through the house. Mm-hmm. And now the spirits are probably worried that their anchors are going to, you know, just set them adrift. So uh, this, this, this building definitely like walking around the hotel late at night, you're just like, oh, yeah. This is, it's, people have been doing this for a hundred years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been walking this path for a yep. hundred years. Um, yeah. 
Also, just a fun thing. I think the kids pulled the uh, air freshener out of the wall uh, last night. Yeah, oh, that's, funny. That was weird, yeah. too. They don't appreciate those. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. they were probably like, ah, this scent again? You know, yeah. we want we want something new. Um, because we, we were coming out of one of the rooms. Um, 307. Yeah, it was out, out of 307. Our room after the ghosts. Yeah, uh, and we, we look in the hallway, and in the center of the hallway is the little plug-in, and we're yeah. like, that was not there. And, like, we we were one of the only people. There may have been, like, one other room that was occupied, and so there was no any inclination of another human being no. being in the hotel. So we were like, that's weird. Yeah. Um, but my bet is it was the kids being like, mm-hmm, let's see what happens like when I said, we do this. When they, when they move things, it's like they move them a little further than if it were to just fall. And right. for me, that's the, I'm the like, interesting thing is that it wasn't like directly under <laughs> it. It was like in the middle of the hallway. Yeah. It was like, yep. And they like knocked it over. Yeah. Or it was the ghost cat, which would be really ghost cute. Cat. That would be really cute, honestly. Um, I'm all about a ghost cat yeah. and ghost animals. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so y'all, and y'all spend some time down there, and it goes, like, the property, so our back patio would have been, that would have been that area as well. Um, but, you know, your closest link to it is going to be in the basement of the Fitz. Right. Um, you're, you're, on, you're on the level with the bodies. Right. Literally, at that point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so watch for little, like, finger bones sticking out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's how you get back, a corpse bride. It's true. Um, the back gates, though, um, we were oh, right. we started the investigation out there, and we were like, these kind of look like the entry gates. Yeah, to a these cemetery. look like a cemetery entry gate. You know, it's like we we realized that they're not, but knowing the history of the building and knowing that there was yep. a cemetery here, so yeah, I, these look like cemetery gates. So the couple that restored the fa- the family that restored the the property in two thousand and two um, did a great job of making it look like it would have looked in 1898 um, down to down to the gates and things like that. So I think it, it adds to the, like you said, the historic ambiance of the facility adds to the, the sentiment or the, the people's sensitivity, I think, because you're, you're able to really picture yourself mm-hmm. being in, you know, in that era, in that Gilded Age era or that Victor- late Victorian era. We have a lot of um, historical reenactors that come do reenactment balls and dances here oh, because cool. they get to like, aside from the fact that they're electric lights, they get to sort of dress up and just sure. pretend like they're in 1890 mm-hmm. or whatever time they want to pretend they're in. So that's cool. That's fun. Like I said, I sell, we celebrate weirdos here. So like bring it on. <laughs> yes. We also <laughs> celebrate weirdos. So We are uh, weirdos. Yes. yes, exactly. From one weirdo to another the Fitzpatrick welcomes you Absolutely. <laughs> and you know and it is fun to dress up in period attire every once in a while and go do balls and things like that because you don't see it a ton anymore yeah like reenactment sort mm-hmm. of deals so that is a really cool thing that y'all are doing um also with the drone photo mm-hmm. uh what what is your taste so um we had mentioned we at first thought that it might have been Chris's room, but obviously we're yep. not that familiar with the layout mm-hmm. of the hotel. So you were saying it might have been like room 303. 303, I think my husband said he thought it was. Um, yeah, I mean, that could be, I don't know, you know. Um, we've had we've had reports from of things from all the rooms. There are some that get better hits than others consistently, but we've had reports of, of visitations, sightings, feelings, phenomena from, from all of the 17 rooms. So, um, you know, who knows? 
Absolutely. I mean, walls don't contain ghosts necessarily. No. So. That is true. It and is, again, if you're carrying ghosts with you and you come to a place where they can get enough juice to make themselves yeah. known, you may not be experiencing the ghost of the place. You might be experiencing the ghost that follows you around. Your own ghost. Yeah, your own ghost. Because, you know, lots of ghosts don't have the, uh, the ability to, to project or make themselves known until they come to a place where the energy is right for that kind of interaction. That's, that's yeah. it, fascinating as well. Never mm-hmm. thought about it that way. Well, and that's just it. You know, uh, long ago, I, I had a long interview with somebody who, who basically said people are more likely to be haunted than, uh, than houses. You know, people are the source of life. And really, what is a ghost except something that is lingering to have more life? Yeah. And so attracted to life and being with life and yeah. following people around is, is, is a norm. Uh, but if you're not sensitive, you'll never notice it. Uh, until you come to a place where there's enough energy that it sure. can overcome the barrier. Sure. I'm a total type A person, so I like don't open myself up to it very yeah, much. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know? <laughs> That's fair. I'm like very, but I, you know, I, maybe they don't feel, they, they're intimidated by me. They don't feel comfortable around me, which is, hey, like I'm good. <laughs> Whatever works. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> I've got things to do here, ghosts, okay? So. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Especially to uh, what we like to tell people as well is sometimes the ghost that you're experiencing could have been dropped off by the person before you That's staying in the room. Yeah, that happens mm-hmm. a lot, um, especially with hotels, mm-hmm. uh, just because spirits will find you'll you'll go to the place spirits attached to you or whatever, and then it realizes like, oh, I kind of like this place. You know, this has got a good energy, or it likes the other spirits that are around mm-hmm. it, or it knows that it can be comfortable there, and it'll just detach and now you have new spirits that are associated with the room so which i think is interesting for that's that. terrifying oh it is, it is. um it, it is, is. yeah it happens a lot in our theater um yeah. we oh, yeah. we get new spirits all well, the time theaters as a whole any theater is a great exchange point oh. because there's all that energy all that excitement there's yeah. all that life a lot of people gathering and they're yeah. being anonymous yeah people aren't looking at you like mm-hmm. this we're all looking one direction so a spirit can be there and feel alive mm-hmm. and so a lot of people drop off their ghosts at theaters feel alive that's interesting they're, yeah. they're part of the crowd right they're part oh, of the they crowd are. they're acting just like everyone else so they're not they don't have that isolation s- syndrome and feeling yeah which can make them lash out and sometimes <laughs> they're creepier than others sometimes they're creepier than others yeah um, but it would make sense if that was the case for that room, especially in the drone photo, because there was just so much going on in that photo. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, uh, ghost dog, little girl ghost, which which honestly, if you are going to drop a ghost off with me, drop the ghost weenie dog, um, yeah. because that's really cute. Yeah. But um, yeah, it had like ghost dog, um, little girl ghost, which could have very easily been one of these girls, yeah. but... Um, girls, sure. You know, and then... But it looked kind of like a skull. Yeah, skull head and then demented, creepy face. So, and also, it can just be reflections on glass. That is also the case. <laughs> worth worth you know throwing in there is that we are we are geared to see things, especially as ghost hunters. We look at things all day long, and we're just like, oh, do you see that? Do well, you the see human that? brain wants to make sense of uh, absolutely. things, right? Exactly. The mystery is not easy for us to. to yeah. We don't with. like we we actually don't like mysteries without solutions. Yeah, we, true. We, we like mysteries that have answers. We've made up like whole religions about that, right? That is exactly, yeah. that is exactly <laughs> what, what uh, all, all religion and mythology is: is a bunch of riddles mm. that we answered with uh, somebody big and powerful did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. But 
Brittany, thank you so much yeah. for coming on today and sharing yeah. the stories of your lovely hotel. Yes, thank you. Yes. Come see us. We're open 365 days a year. The pub's open um, Wednesday through Friday. Yeah, we have mm-hmm. a lot of fun in there. Mm-hmm. We have something going on every night. We do two live music performances there a week. We do like an adult music bingo on Wednesday nights, and we play a really fun and engaging trivia game on Sunday nights. So Excellent. if you come to Washington, you think small town, there's lots of cool stuff to do. A, a lot of super nice people in Washington. I mean, very really warm nice. and welcoming folks. Yes. And then um, there are several good watering holes, and ours is one of them. So. Yes, Excellent. absolutely. Yes, definitely make your way over to Washington. We will tell you that in every single episode that we're doing of this, um, this particular series. So um, definitely come down to Washington. Stay at the Fitzpatrick. Follow us on Facebook. We're very active on Facebook with both the Fitz and Maddie's. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, with that, though, uh, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. And my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All righty. And now we have Miss Jan with us, uh, who is another wonderful uh, citizen of Washington, Georgia. And her husband actually is a direct descendant of the Fitzpatrick family. Um, so, Miss Jan, welcome on. Thank you. Um, so, tell us a little bit about uh, your husband's connection. Okay, uh, well, uh, his great-grandfather was Thomas Fitzpatrick, and um, the Fitzpatrick family migrated. His, the grand, great-grandfather, Patrick Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick, came to, to the United States from Ireland, and they lived not far from here in a little town called Lexington, and over the years, they uh, went to Lancaster, South Carolina. I don't know why, but they came there and then eventually ended up in Washington. Uh, interesting thing about the Catholic influence in Washington, um, they're all buried, at, uh, and you might want to take a um, hike just over North Alexander, is the Catholic Cemetery. That's where Patrick and uh, Thomas and John and their descendants are buried. So uh, it's a beautiful cemetery. And we also had a, um, it was called St. Joseph's Home Orphanage. And it's just, it's still, the building is still up there. Uh, It was a a church. It was a school for many years. And back in the day of um, the 60s, it housed um, Cuban refugees from coming out of Cuba. They weren't really orphans, but they were coming to America and their family couldn't come with them. So they were there until they reached a certain age. And my husband did go there um, for school until he reached the fifth grade and then came to public school. So they had moved here. So uh, anyway, that's the, that's the story of that family. But um, they, the Fitzpatrick's, John and uh, Thomas, were, as I said, the only two sons of, of um, Patrick Fitzpatrick. And uh, John was, um, was never married, and Thomas had, um, he, he was married and had two daughters. And one, it was my husband's mother, Mildred um, Fortson. 
um, Mildred Fortson Anderson, that's her name. She was married to a Fortson and Mary Darby, Mary um, Fortson Darby. So they lived here for most of their life, and they both passed away just in um, recently 10 years or so. And uh, so the descendants that live here are some of the Darbys and some of the Anderson family, but, but there's not that many that live here. Um, they were mercantile. Uh, they had a mercantile business and it, over in South Carolina. And um, they, um, but their roots were in Washington. And when the hotel that was here burned, uh, it destroyed a lot of the property around where the hotel was. And so Thomas and John came, came from Lancaster, South Carolina, rebuilt the hotel. And so that's where the Fitzpatrick Hotel originated in, in that time. I did want to read you just a short paragraph because sure. I can't um, I can't really say it like he did, but um, it says the the Fitzpatrick brothers returned to their hometown of Washington and began construction on the hotel March twentieth, eighteen ninety nine. Mr. John Fitzpatrick was here on Saturday looking after the magnificent new hotel he is building and also inspecting the elegant furniture which is being received our people are very much gratified that he has made up his mind to add such an ornament to our town and always will always show a high appreciation the fitzpatrick brothers installed the first telephone system in washington they also owned the first telephone company in washington and it was later sold to the dyson family which still own it and so uh, he says, we have got the grandest old county and town upon Georgia's, upon God's green earth. So let us all pull together and make her the garden spot of the South. We return here after an absence of 30 years. We were told time after time again that Washington was dead, that we could do no business. Was your prediction correct? No, a thousand times no. Our three large stores are always crowded. We are doing twice the business we anticipated. And it says in the year 1899 that they did uh, net 100, excuse me, gross $100,000, which wow. is pretty good in, in uh, 18, 1899. And John died in 1907, and Thomas died in 1911, leaving their, uh, the wife, Marie Fitzpatrick, who was the mother of Mildred and and um, Mary, and so she actually was a businesswoman herself. She ran the uh, uh, man, ran and managed the uh, only uh, movie theater in Washington for many, many years. It was uh, it was disclosed in the late early seventies. So wow. she did that for a long, long time before she passed away. So that's kind of the history of the Fitzpatrick Hotel and the Fitzpatrick family. Wow, that's interesting. You know, and it seems that there. There is a theme of of cycles for Washington, where where people think, oh, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. Oh no, wait, it's coming back. Yeah. You know, yeah, we uh, hope that's uh, going to be the case. Large, yeah. lar large businesses close, and then you know, there's yeah. a, a, a resurgence of interest and, right. and and love for the area, and and these creative people start showing up and, and really reinvigorating yeah. the uh, yeah. the economy of the place because it's 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 a fascinating nugget of a town. It's 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 very compressed, but it seems so influential. You mm -hmm. know, when you look at its history and you look at all the things that have happened here. In the crossroads that have happened in this small place uh, because we're also not really near a lot of things. You're not near the ocean. You're not near a major thoroughfare, and yet it was a major thoroughfare. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Yeah, well, um, that's true, and I think we are coming out of a, maybe a depression since COVID. Sure. Uh, my husband and I, were. I, I was born here. He moved here later, but um, we, after we got married, we left and came back 45 years later. So we're kind of like learning the ropes again. We came sure. back in 2000. Like the Fitzpatrick brothers. They, <laughs> they, right. they had left and came back. We returned and yeah. came back in 2019. He was in the military, and, you know, we moved around, and so finally we decided to come back because we own a house here. We own a house that was built in 1820. Oh, wow. wow. And um, so some of the descendants, descendants of the Fitzpatricks have lived there, but um, on the other side of the family is, are the tombs, descendants of Robert Tombs, so you got both. Oh, you all got everybody. The, yeah. <laughs> all, all the influence of he Washington, does, yeah. No, he does, I just married into it, but anyway, uh, so that's uh, part of our history too, is um, the homes here, and I will say, just for everybody out there, we have had so many people moving to Washington. We just had three families move from California, and they li- they didn't know each other, but they all live on the same street, and they all bought an old house, and wow. they are very uh, they bring a lot of new ideas, a lot of a lot of action, and um, just a lot of you know. It's just it's really invigorating to see. Wonderful. And I have a little antique shop, so oh, uh, I always ask, "What brings you to Washington?" You know, because I don't know if they how long they've been here. And just an amazing, uh, well, I was just driving through, or well, uh, somebody told me I should look. Oh, well, we just found it on the internet, and truly. That's how a lot of people come here, and they come here, and they just fall in love with it, and we have just, um, I, I don't know how many, probably about, let's say 40 or 50 new families that have come from, um, oh gosh, uh, California, Rhode Island, Michigan, Minnesota, wow. maybe it's our weather, I don't sure. know. Yeah. <laughs> it's very temperate. It is. <laughs> but it does get hot. You know, so, Absolutely. So it's, uh, it's, I think we have great hope for this. Well, and it seems like such a tight-knit community, and it's just everybody's so sweet here. Like, it is... Well, that's good to hear. It, it's unbelievable. We were talking yeah, about that it's true. Uh, last night. We were like, everyone's just so nice to us. You know, and, and granted, we're from Savannah. We we appreciate a nice, friendly yeah. community. There's a lot of yeah. hospitality going yeah. on, but there's also a lot of surliness, you know, and you kind of expect it. The smaller a town, the more insular it will, it will seem, you yeah. know. Outsiders are kind of always regarded with a, you know, a cautious eye. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen any of that here. And so did you spend the night in the hotel? We did. (laughs) Oh, we did. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's lovely. It is a It's a beautiful hotel. Yeah. And and it lives up to its reputation. (laughs) Yes, it does. Um, Yeah, Chris stayed in the most haunted room, uh, which... That's 207. 307. Yep. Yep. And... (laughs) Oh, you know, it's okay. Um, Brittany was telling us room 200 is also very, very Mm. haunted. Um, Honestly, all of them are. (laughs) But... Chris definitely had um, a slumber party with the ghosts last yeah, night. It was, <laughs> was it the little girls? So I, um, I did not experience the little girls. I did have a slight like inc- inclination that I, I saw a woman standing in my room. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it was just a night of, of weird sounds, weird sensations. Um, I found myself like trying to sleep without moving. You know, you do like, don't move at all because if you move, they see you like they're T-Rexes or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, just be still. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it uh, is a very um, mood 
uh, enhanced place. You get the mm-hmm. sensation yeah. of the history of the place and the, just this yeah. idea that so much has happened in these walls mm-hmm. and, and, and there's still just lingering energies from long ago. And I'm sure um, the spirits were active in our room as well, down in, uh, we stayed in room 100. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they were active as well, but um, I am the heaviest sleeper to ever exist. Um, and JT jokes that he's like, I bet the ghosts were like floating above our bed. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we're here. <laughs> you were looking for us. <laughs> um, and none of us noticed it because yeah. we were all just dead to the world practically. But um, we probably were after the, the right. evening. It was a long day, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, uh uh, JT mentioned a story. Yes, and, uh, yes. So I don't have any stories, but it directly related to that. Um, my husband, as I said, was in the army, and I went. To, and his friend came to visit, uh, and he he said he'd like to just stay in the hotel. So he said, "Okay, fine." Didn't mention anything about a ghost or the spirits, nothing. Uh, and I'm not going to name him because he might hear this, but he, <laughs> he and my husband, he's huge. He's a huge guy. I just wanted, cause he's not like some little person that might, might've gotten scared or, you know, whatever. I mean, he was, you know, he and my husband were in the green berets together and they, you know, have certainly seen some other stuff that were, was scary. But anyway, um, he decided he would, you know, stay here. So, um, Everything was fine, and then so the next morning, my husband called him. He said, hey, how'd you sleep? And he said, oh, my God. And he said, well, Andy, my husband, said, what's the matter? He said, I have never experienced anything in my life, never. He said, I, was, I, I woke up about 3.30 in the morning, and to the, just, it was a, um, just a, a distant crying of a little girl. Not a loud cry. It was just a crying, you know, a little bit. And he said he just could not imagine what this was. So he tried to go back to sleep. Well, he, he was convinced. He actually said to my husband, I know you, I know you were outside my door doing this. And Andy said, my God, it was 3.30 in the morning. So the, my, our friend got up. He actually got up, looked out the window, and was looking for my husband's white truck because he was convinced that he was out there playing a joke on him. So he didn't see it. He thought, well, he, he parked down the street, you know. He's so anyway, he tried to go back to sleep. And so, and then my husband was saying, no, he said I was dead asleep at home at three thirty. So he uh, said later on he heard it again, same little just a whimpering, um, sounded like a little girl, and he jumped up, went to the door and pulled it open because he thought my husband was out there playing to trick on her. I mean, like had come to the door like and acting like a little girl crying, and really we had not mentioned anything, and so. Again, my husband said, I did not do that. And he was really, really blown away. Um, just, he said, I've never, ever had an experience like that. Never. So it was mm. really just straight like that, sure. you know. And uh, he came over and we started discussing. He said, I just, you know, he had, he had cold chills down his neck. And he said, I, he said, I just cannot 
tell you. He, he said exactly what happened. He said, and then my husband said, well, no, I was not, was not over there trying to scare you. So for somebody like that who never had an experience and who, you know, probably you know, was a huge guy and, you know, used to sleeping, you know, all around the world and, and everything, so that was pretty Pretty jarring. That's pretty intense, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. very his 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 whole body was intense when he was telling sure. us in person. So that was the story, and uh, we still don't know. <laughs> I bet it was the little girls, the Fitzpatrick girls, who were like, oh, "Well, this is the story of the girl who fell down the stairs." Exactly. You know, and, and to hear a whimpering cry—that's that would that make sounds sense. Exactly like. Yeah, and he heard it twice. Yeah, right. That's fascinating. And he said he yeah. never he um you know could not go back to sleep, so he was awake and. About three thirty on. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another. I sympathize. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, You asked for other stories, not here, but in our house, uh, which is down the street. um, Actually, was a descendant. The lady that owned it, that uh, we bought it from, was um, a descendant of the Tombs family, Mm. Gabriel Tombs, who was this nephew of Robert Tombs. So she lived there until she died. And so uh, we bought the house way back years ago before we even came back here. Like it, we rented it out for forty-two years. So I don't know. If, I don't know if anybody else had any ghost stories or not. Sure. But my brother had was living there right after we bought it, and he was asleep upstairs in the bedroom um, where the lady had had slept. And I mean, he's not like into spirits or anything like that either and and he's a big guy and he he woke up uh and he said he felt that someone had sat on the foot of his bed and he looked and there was an indention and that really kind of freaked him out so (laughs) we just kind of thought well it's maybe it's the the lady that used to live here that was her room she died there but I don't know anybody else who has had that experience in the house. So we do have other homes that have spirits. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, you see that a lot with um, houses where somebody lived the majority of their life right. and died in it. Mm-hmm. Or um, we have a house in Savannah that's actually a museum now, but mm-hmm. one of the uh, former docents does that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so basically she had a favorite room and that's how you know she's there is mm-hmm. because you'll see on the bed, cause obviously it's a museum. It'll always have freshly made beds and um, you'll see a fresh butt print on the, on the yeah. bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, Oh, that's, that's Emily, you know, and right. cause it was her favorite room and things like that. Miss so. Pickles. Miss Pickles. They call her <laughs> Mrs. Pickles, but she was a young girl. So we were like, this is, yeah. that's uh, interesting, but yeah. Um, but yeah, you see that a lot with older homes and, and it's jarring if it's your first paranormal experience for sure, mm-hmm. but, uh, there, if you ever forget it, I mean, exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. My, my, our friend will never forget it. Oh, I'm sure. I am, I am certain of it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a weird sensation to feel something that, um, you can't fully process how it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird feeling in general mm-hmm. um so i it's totally fair that <laughs> they, that they'd be freaked out but yeah. um but thank you miss jan so much thank you i hope that gave today. you some information absolutely that, uh, wonderful you know, we, we do 
have a great pride in this hotel in Washington. Uh, in I don't know if they told you, in 1993, there was a re-grand opening. Did mm. you, it was pretty much uh, in such disarray. I mean, it had a tree growing up into this. Oh. Yeah, it was. It was been. It had been neglected and neglected for years, and a family from Athens came and they got grants and they restored it to this to this level mm-hmm. and i think they did a great yeah they really amazing did. yeah when you really think that and it was derelict it, it you, was. you don't yeah see I mean, any signs can't, of we that. can't imagine washington without it now and right. it was you know that was long before we came back and it was uh we were just amazed at what they had done right and, and how tastefully done so but thank you for talking to me and i thank you for coming absolutely then after that we uh were taking on a grand tour of the town by miss carla who is the kind of just woman of the town (laughs) she really is she's the ambassador yeah Yeah. she's the ambassador ambassador of washington Washington, georgia Georgia. she will welcome you she loves that town deeply she's not even from that town but she loves that town, yeah. and she has put so much time and energy in, in getting that town yes. uh, on the map. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Miss Carla. Yeah, and she drove us around to a bunch of different places, uh, took us into this very creepy uh, Annabelle kind of Greek revival beautiful, style though. home. Ooh, gorgeous. Such a beautiful um, home. And it was the... I believe she said this was like the family home of one of the other women we interviewed, Jan. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where her husband grew up. Yes, and that's things what it was. like that. That's what it was. Um, creepy. Very creepy, creepy. creepy did house. You feel, did you feel any? I felt the presence of an elderly man, which, mind you, um, the previous owners, I came to find out afterwards, were two older gentlemen who right. did not live there. Uh, they lived in Pennsylvania and they used the place as storage. But one of them was deceased. And oh. I'm like, I'm wondering if I was picking up on him in some regard or the fact that it had a bunch of old antique well, furniture. It was, it was a storehouse for antiques. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's no, no telling. Yeah. And, and it was a huge open building, which was so fascinating because the in Savannah, our big lavish homes are full of very tight corners and very tight yep. areas. Like mm-hmm. our, our main, we don't have grand halls. Like we have like parlor rooms, but if you're walking down the hall, it's usually a pretty thin hall. This place, the it halls so were wide. ginormous. I wanted to buy it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. I wanted to buy <laughs> she, it. She was trying to talk into buying it. Um, it's uh, it's still got so much work to do. It needs oh, a yeah. new roof. It's it needs it air needs conditioning. A lot it's, of love. Uh, but it's beautiful. It's massive. It's beautiful. You could probably get it for two hundred, and uh, and then you'd have to put another two fifty in. Probably estimated because it needs. New but then it would probably be worth millions. It's true. Because it's, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. It had big pylons and, and you know, huge the all property. The, the land <laughs> is is huge. Yeah. So yeah. if you're out there looking for a place that you know a little fix me up. Yeah, um, it's definitely a good one. Um, it needs all new bathrooms. It's got walls that need to be replaced and things like that. But, but yeah. If you want to put love into it, it's a good house. Um, so. But yes, yeah, so she drove us to there. She took us to uh, took us on a drive around the entire town. Basically, took us to Rust Haven. Took us to Rust, Rust Haven. Haven. Rust Haven Cemetery, Rust Haven Cemetery. <laughs> where the spirits <laughs> don't <laughs> rest. Sorry, there's you're nowhere near the sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then after that. 
begins our evening. Yes. Yes. The evening where we went live publicly on both TikTok and YouTube, and it was active. Yeah, it was. I mean, so it started out even before, again, before we even started investigating, um, because at that point, they all knew we were there. <laughs> and so... All right, mm-hmm. I need to... <laughs> I have video of the cat ball that I should send right oh, now yes. before I forget. Absolutely. Um, well, it first started with we were eating dinner in the ballroom. We had taken our dinner to go, and we were like, oh, we'll just eat it at the hotel. Well, we were sitting at this table, and um, I was sitting in a chair that was looking through one of the open doors to the hallway, and I could see the staircase. And I see this woman with darker brown hair and she's wearing a ball gown walking up the stairs. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, I was like, oh, I just saw a woman walking up the stairs. That will come into play later because that freaked me out. Yes. Um, But yes, so that was the first encounter. And then we all went, took our naps so we could have a little bit of sleep before we could, uh, before we started investigating. And then we reconvene in room 201. The children's nursery. The children's nursery. Which we were informed that um, the two youngest daughters passed in the hotel, but they passed in that room. Yes. And so Chris had already been in there for a bit, um, you know, just scoping it out, setting up his equipment. We came up there and I immediately felt compelled to put a cat ball on the floor. And that mostly came from my place. I'm like, well, if we're looking for children... I don't know how tall they are. I don't know because they we didn't have an exact idea how old they were. I'm like, I'm going to, for safekeeping, I'm going to put it on the floor where they can easily get to it. Mm-hmm. And um, so immediately we sit down and within five minutes or so after I put the cat ball down, the cat ball starts going off on the floor. And so then... JT was like going into investigative mode and we're like, hold on, if we're going to yeah. do this, we got to record it. We weren't live streaming yet. We actually we- missed the most direct interactions we had because we weren't it, it recording. happened before we even pulled out any recording equipment. So I, I, we caught it on the phone and we do have some interaction, but there was a time when it was very immediate. It was like, and it respond- touch the ball, ball. Well, <laughs> yeah. And it responded to toy, which yeah, even more toy, so right. emphasized to us that it was one of the children. Uh, because when we'd say ball, it didn't seem like it was working. And then we we're like, it's a toy. You can touch it. You can play with it. We were letting them know, like, you can play with this all you want. And immediately when we gave them permission to touch the toy, it would go off. Yep. And um, then I went over there and I wanted to see if it would play with me. Basically, I would try to see if it would roll the ball back to me. But I don't think that these particular entities had enough energy no, stored up to actually do that. Because we it. We'll do that next time in the, in the kitchen. Yes. Um, because it, the furthest it got was touching. Because even after that, I put it back and we got it again, I believe, where yeah. we it touched the, the ball. Um, so that was interesting. And then when the live stream started, we started out in there. And that was when we immediately got the two little girls coming yeah. through. Immediately. Are there any children in the room with us? Is there anyone? Okay. All right. And remember, y'all, she cannot hear us at all. Is a little girl in the room with us? 
Yes. All right. A little girl. Were you the one playing with the cat ball earlier when we had the camera out? We're not here to hurt you at all. It was. Whoa. That's a direct. These are direct answers, y'all. All right, thank you so much for talking with us. What's your name? Two of us. Oh, there's two of you. Did y'all die in this room? I'm thinking. You're thinking? Okay. How long have you lived in the hotel? For a while. Are you related to each other? Twins. Whoa. Whoa. Again, just for anyone new who's joined us, uh, she can't hear or see anything right now. She has, if you can hear, she has um, the, the spirit box blasting in her ears and she is getting, she is literally regurgitating direct answers. This is actually quite unbelievable. We're here. We're so glad you're here. Honestly, what part of the room are you right now? Are you in this room with us? Over here. Over here. Everything good with YouTube Live? Okay, good, because it's recording and I want to get this. I really want to get this, so that's perfect. No, it's awesome. Can you tell us what part of the room, where you are in the room? Desk. Oh my God. Um, so I was not privy to a lot of the questions that were being asked. So do you guys want to kind of tell the story of how that SC's method session went? Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was very, um, responsive, like, when you're doing the essays method, a lot of times it takes interpretation of answers. It takes interpretations of, of the words that are coming through. A lot of times you're like, I'm not sure, but it was, you know, uh, how many are here? Uh, you know, are you alone? Uh, how old are you? All these things that, that, that got direct response. And we were using the SEER app, uh, mm-hmm. which I had mentioned before. And one of the interesting things was there was a point in time at which the spirit was asking us to follow it, mm-hmm. to come yes. with it away. And specifically, it would show us the others. Mm-hmm. It, would, it was saying, I will take you to where the others are. And um, we kept asking where and where, but uh, we were having a hard time figuring it out. And then we saw a picture, or um, Madison saw a picture of a man in a tuxedo, yes. which we immediately assumed meant ballroom. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And even during that episode, I want to say that I saw what I thought was JT's head. Mm-hmm. But then I realized JT was sitting closer than, than he was. What I, well, what I was seeing was it looked like somebody behind one of those little mini fridges. Yeah. It looked like somebody had popped up and popped back down behind the mini fridge. So all of these things were happening all at once. Yeah, it was very but, overwhelming. And we got Elizabeth twice. That so was the thing. We got Elizabeth the I night before. I still don't believe Elizabeth 
was one of the girls. Oh. I just don't. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and here's why. One of them is, we know the girls' names, and neither of them are Elizabeth. Okay. <laughs> it was a G name and an M name. Okay. Um, but uh, in, the, uh, in my room, when Elizabeth came through, mm-hmm. there was nothing childish about her. There was that nothing childish yeah. about her, thing. yeah. And so I, I, I think we were still having a tug of war. Mm-hmm. I think there were still there was. spirits who were trying to come through for, for different things. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, but that Elizabeth did come through and came through multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also got Maggie and Mar- uh, uh, Gabby. Mar- Mar- Gabby, Gabby and Margaret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I think, I think that's the, those yep. were the children, Gabby okay. and Margaret. Okay. Um, I, I feel like Elizabeth is, is a free roamer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, is, 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 we don't know where, uh, what Elizabeth was ultimately after, but I think she was interfering with our conversation. I, I remember I looking at, Chris, I mean, I remember there was a time and a uh, point in time where Chris, you and I looked at each other in astonishment. Yes. Because we were getting so many, and Debrio will obviously show this like because she has the video of it, but we were getting so many direct answers, one after the one other. right after the other. That it was like, this is crazy. It was crazy. I mean, it, it was, was, it was a full most, conversation. It was a full because conversation Because it wasn't, it, uh, a lot of times, and, and even in, in, in this Estes Method, you'll see uh, there are pauses. Yes. You know, you'll ask a question and there's a long time. Sometimes you have to ask the question multiple times because there's nothing coming through for a long time. But there was like a string of questions that was, was literally like just two people talking to each other. One, two, one, two. Yeah. It's so true. And uh, and that was, and, and the information was very compelling and very Mm -hmm. sound. It wasn't, it wasn't nonsense. Yes. Uh, And that was a big thing is because the Estes method oftentimes leads to answers that you're like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't understand that. But this was constantly reaffirming what we were asking, um, and to the point at which we 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 knew that we had to go to the ballroom exactly just because of the nature of the conversation was follow me come on time to go let's yeah you know there it was, was it was like and, and, are you and, coming and stuff like that it was like it was stuff like that I don't know if these are direct quotes because we it was really long and really exciting and it's so, a very long as luckily method. we had everything recorded but yeah. Lord and then we moved to yeah. the ballroom yeah which was even. More fascinating because there in the ballroom, we were getting a lot of play with me, a lot of let's play, hide under the tables, things like that. So you were really feeling this, but then came, my parents are gone. Yep. You know, and, and, and other things, but... We also felt that the mother was there, yes. which made me, it kind of hurt my heart. Well, she said I, Fitzpatrick. Right. Yeah. When the I was like, Fitzpatrick who are we up, talking right. to, or who is your mother, or something like that? She goes, Fitzpatrick. And we were like, what? And- and so then we had this very interesting dynamic, which is worth mentioning. Ghosts don't necessarily see each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. I mean, uh, certain brands of ghosts might miss each other and, uh, or, or exist on different planes uh, of, of, of the reality that we all share. I worry that the mother cannot see her children. Yeah. I feel like there's something causing that separation and it might be the mother's grief the mother's grief will not allow her to know that her children are okay because she carries with her pain and the pain drives away because there's something going on there that i found interesting because it seemed like we were talking to the mother yes 
but it seemed like the children could not see the mother or, or, or were, were lamenting that, yeah. th- that they had no mother. And I think that and we were talking mainly with the kids mainly. because like, it was primarily we like, the kids. Absolutely. What do you, what, what, I asked like, what are you, um, like what game do you want to play or, or some of that? And then, um, you said, chase me, chase me, chase yeah. me tag. And I was right. like, Oh boy. Yeah. I'm like, I got all these cameras, but I can try. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> well, and that was just it. It was like, we don't know how we don't yeah. know how to chase you. Um, and it, it, it was, it was very likely that had we pursued and kept on those children, they would have led us to the hotel hotel. Oh, yeah. They would have taken us to another room and another room and another room. Well, and that sounds like children, yeah, you know, or exactly. they're it like, does. you know, um, it's specifically from what I could tell just from the spirit boxes, I had no idea. Like I said, I am not privy to any of what was actually. You haven't even watched it yet. I haven't even watched it. So all I know is the, what the words that I came through and it's honestly fascinating to hear yeah. that, what the questions <laughs> were uh, because I, I caught on that they were trying to play with y'all at some point yep. because of the different phrases that were coming through, at least in the ballroom. But most of that was Gabby. Um, from oh. what I um, picked up because I was so excited, at least in my head, that she finally said her name. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, she's Gabby. Yeah. You know, and I was like, that's really um, interesting, you know. Yeah. It, it, it was very interesting because there definitely seemed to be other spirits that kind of popped in, but mm-hmm. they could not maintain. Like Elizabeth seemed like a spirit, even in, in my bedroom when we were doing the Essie's Method. When Elizabeth came, it seemed like she was quickly forced out. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because yes. um, we could never get a bead on her. Even though we knew her name, we found ourselves kind of dead ending a lot around yep. Elizabeth because there was this other spirit, mm-hmm. you know, that was much more active and much more, more talkative. Uh, and the same seemed to be with these kids. The kids were super stoked, it seemed. You mm-hmm. know, the way the responses came and how fast they came and how they seemed to interact with each other. Because it did seem like sometimes Maddie was having a conversation with herself, mm-hmm. you know, where one, one, one entity would say something and the other entity would either contradict it oh, or, yes. you know. Absolutely. So. Well, and that's exactly how it came through. Because I try, at least with the SC's method, I try to um, inflect the way that I'm hearing it come through with my own voice so that they get the same kind of feeling. And sometimes it really did feel like sibling bickering. Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, because the it, Gabby, I want to say, felt like the older sibling or at least the more dominant sibling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other girl, she felt like the pestering little sister who was like, no, you didn't. You didn't do that yeah. or like yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's, and um, they, they referred uh, multiple times to twins. Yes. We heard yes. twins multiple yes. times, which uh, A, creepy, yeah. <laughs> um, but B, uh, determines what kind of relationship they have, mm-hmm. how close they are, you know, so close that they would be twins, you know, if they weren't twins. And they may have been twins. We were never told. But it seems like that's the kind of detail that would have come up, like, in telling of the story. But the fact that twins kept up coming up, it was definitely, we're sisters. Yep. There are two of us. You know, all of those things that that link to the word twin. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. So from the ballroom, we went down into the basement where we, there was a ton of reaction. Why is the basement special? So the basement is still the hole that was dug to remove the bodies. It is still dirt floor, dirt wall. Georgia red clay. That's about it. It is insane because you go down and you're like, is this building just sitting on a hole? Where's the foundation that's holding this building up? It's a huge building and it's just on top of a trench that was dug specifically to remove bodies. 
and uh, it's a very it, it's it's a l- almost a labyrinthian feel to it. You get down, and and in order to get to anywhere, you have to go through these small little doors, mm-hmm. and the walls are just like there's there's some brick pillory, but it's it's dirt and mm-hmm. dirt under your flo- feet, and and it has that smell of wet dirt, that mm-hmm. smell yep. of and you imagine you're just in the graves. Yeah, you, you feel, feel like you're like walking it. and and if you leaned against the wall, right on the other side of the wall would be skeletons. You know, it, yep. it, it felt that way in all directions. Um, I had a hard time navigating the place <laughs> because <laughs> it was so cramped. It was so uh, small. Uh, but when we finally found a place where we felt the Essie's method would work out best, we were... Um, we were a good ways into, like, we were in the heart of it. Like, if something was chasing us, we'd be dead. Yes. Because there was no way to easily get out of where we were. You know, we went through, like, two small doors around tough. little Especially little for things. you. Yeah, especially for me. Because uh, we, uh, we ultimately just stopped because it was a place I could stand up. Mm-hmm. And that was, <laughs> it was like, oh, I can stand here. Let's stop here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, we set Maddie up on a cinder block. Mm-hmm. And and then immediately blindfolded her in the scary, scary basement. After having to basically crawl down into this hole yes. as well, because they have witch steps. It's oh, yeah. not normal. Which is like, so cool. Yeah, it's not even a normal ladder to get down mm. in there. It is so complicated. It is. It's very complicated, very yes. strange, very disorienting. Because once you're under, you kind of lose track of where the front of the hotel is, where mm-hmm. the back right. of the hotel is. You're like, I'm not sure where I am in relation to the hotel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and keep in mind, that the things that we knew about this cemetery was that as a city cemetery, it was where they buried people with no names. It's where they buried yep. uh, executed um, prisoners. It's where they buried slaves. It's where they buried um, soldiers. There were, uh, you know, the Revolutionary War, um, the Civil War, uh, the dead um, were buried there. So there is definitely a sensation. It's, oh God, when you're under that... That, that place, it, it, it felt terrible. Oh, it's horrible. Yes. Um, and, it's not, terrible. and not just supernaturally horrible, but like physically yeah. safety horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, like you felt like any number of terrible things can happen to you down there. Um, but yes, the, the basement of the Fitzgerald isn't a basement. Uh, Fitzpatrick, I keep saying Fitzgerald. Fitzpatrick, excuse me. Uh, the basement of the Fitzpatrick is... So it feels unfinished. It does. It does. It feels feel, like an an, an excavation, uh, like an archaeological old, dig or something. Super old water pump. Oh, and the super old water heater. The so gigantic cool. monster of a of a, of a thing. rusted out. You know, cool. it's it's Machine. cool. Yeah. It's very very cool. So we uh, so yeah we got we got we did an Estes method there, and that was absolutely. That's when we had the most uh, viewers because people started coming in droves. Because like it was it was insane. Like we were getting direct answers from someone named Edward. Edward, and then we asked what the last name was, and we got Lawrence. And then it was like, wait, are we talking to Edward and Lawrence, or is that Edward Lawrence? Right. And yeah, it was just unbelievable. Um, we were, uh, you know, we figured that oh, we got that uh, Edward went to jail. He went to jail. He planned an escape with others. He planned an escape. They killed him. They killed him. Um, and he kept asking us for help yep. to help him out and that he thought we could help him. Yep. Uh, but we couldn't get past that uh, because it also seemed like there were other spirits down mm. there. And, and again, we're and in a were. trench of unmarked graves. Yes. You know, we're, we're in a trench 
uh, where on both sides of us, the dirt, it wasn't like perfectly walled. Mm-hmm. It was literally like the like you had shoveled it up. And, and so it was like mounds mm-hmm. of red clay and dirt on both sides of us, mushrooms growing out of the ground. It was nightmarish. It was a nightmarish place. And with Edward in particular, he was the most interesting spirit that came through because I felt, so like with the little girls, I could feel them next to me. Like I could feel them standing next to me while I was in the Estes method because I could feel this just cold, cold sensation brushing my arm. But Edward, I felt like he was watching us while I was in it. And immediately he came through and I just was washed with this sense of sorrow mm-hmm. and feeling of being forgotten. Yep. And Edward said that he had been bought by the city. Yeah. The city yep. bought him. He said that he was from uh, Dublin, Ireland. Well, but later we heard. Oh, yeah. Uh, Texas. Texas. Which, which started sparking the conversation. Is it Edward and Lawrence? He said a middle, te- a middle of Texas. Middle of Texas. Yes. Right. I actually forgot to look up Dublin, Texas. Oh, sure. Because there is a Dublin, because Texas. There is a Dublin, Texas. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, he was just like, and it was weird because almost as soon as I put the headphones on and I was totally to- uh, tuned It's in down. the middle of Texas. There you go, Dublin, it's Texas. It's in the middle of, I mean, the center of Texas. And and, and I think you said, uh, uh, we asked, where are you from? And you said, Texas. Somewhere in the middle, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and well, I remember that. Wow. Um, I wow. remember that phrase that came through. It was the he first said Texas, and then he made sure he wanted me to clarify the middle, the middle of Texas. Wow! Because I remember I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, middle of Texas, middle of, uh, yeah. you know, because that's how he like it, he. It felt like he wanted me to get like every detail that he had. Yeah. Um. Because there was another point, I don't know what the question was that was being asked, but it, it, there, I thought it was funny because he said, do you need the dates? Yes, that's right. And yep. Do you need we the were, date? We were, we were asking for dates. Yeah, well, we were asking for when, either when he was born or when he died. Yep. And, then all, and then all of a sudden you said, do you need the dates? Right, and we got and 1856. We were like, we were like ah! Yeah. yeah. Um, which was interesting. That was very interesting. Um, yeah, it felt like he was very intent on like, yes, you know, like everything he knew, anything yes. he could give, he was given through us. But um, yeah, he was definitely getting pushed around a bit um, by something else down there. But it, the overwhelming sensation was just like, kind of goes with the theory that Chris has always said with basement ghosts is they're just clawing for attention. They're like, please, please like let me in, you know? Yeah. What makes a basement ghost desperate is the, the, the desire to, to be done right. Yep. You know, to, to move on to, you know, the sensation is this can't be it. Yes. Dwelling in the dark Mm -hmm. and being ignored and never seen. Sounds like hell. It It sounds like hell. Oh, that, that was the point I was going to make. I completely tangent myself. But um, <laughs> Edward, as soon as I put the headphones on, immediately I hear, right uh, right here, you know, like. Yeah, right here. Yeah, it felt like he immediately, as as soon as he knew that I was, like, ready to go, he was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's yeah. do it, you know. Maybe he was trying to beat other ghosts, right. other spirits to the. Oh, that's, that's to a good the point. Punch. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that happened, and that was absolutely insane. And then we went upstairs, and we did one final Estes, but it seemed like the ghosts. I think we were all and exhausted. Ma- yeah, Madison, they were both exhausted, and it was one heck of a night already. Yeah. And so it was great. Now, uh, what I was going to bring up was, if you remember the very loud sound that they heard uh, the first night, when I was closing the very big and heavy door to oh, the right. cellar. It, you know, it was too heavy to just gently put down. There comes a point at which it slammed down so loud that it shook the chandeliers. Which was right out front of our room. Which, which was right near your sense. room, yeah. And I was just like, huh, could something have been coming out of the cellar? Oh. Wow. I admit, I, now I asked Miss um, Brittany for the security footage right. so, uh, for the nights that we stayed there. So if something did happen, there was a camera right there in the corner. Maybe it caught it. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, well, I will definitely, censored, so. I will definitely review, but it was awesome. We, uh, you know, we, we got through the, the second, uh, we got through the second night and packed up and left. And, you know, honestly, I kind of miss it. It's a, it's, it's a really cute, small town. Um, it has a very haunted hotel and uh, a ton of history too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if you live in a small town that has, you know, notorious hauntings, if you live somewhere that is not being paid attention to, because let's face it, the the famous cities, the famous haunted towns, they are getting all this attention, but every town has ghosts. Yes. Sure. And every town has ghost stories. And some, some towns might have ghost stories that are so fantastical and so amazing, but are just never heard. Yes. So if you have those... Write it to us uh, at ghostmail at yeah. pod, um, hauntedcitypodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us, give us a, drop us a line and tell us about your, your city's haunts. And, and, and hopefully at some time this will become the regular activity of, of going to the lesser right. known small town haunts. Because small town haunts are oftentimes much more compelling it's true. Because they're like diamonds. You know, all this pressure has pushed onto these things. Local legends, you know, every town has that that old woman that everyone thought was a witch or, you know, the old man that everyone thought was a, a killer. And, and because of that, they live in a, in a, in a legendary haze and yes. we would love to go and explore that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we had a great time doing this and I think we, I think, you know, we might've found a, 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 a way to talk to ghosts more often, which is visit places that aren't paid attention to. Right. Absolutely. Because a fed ghost doesn't need to expend energy. Yeah. That is true. That That's is it. very true. That's but it. That's it. Yeah. Um, so you guys will all get to see all of that activity that we were experiencing and whatnot, which is super exciting. Um, but we wanted to give you a, a not so brief synopsis <laughs> of exactly what happened. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.